Dialogos Radio's Commentary of the Week. Each week, Michael Navaradegis provides views and opinions on issues pertaining to Greece and to the worldwide Greek community. Coming up next, here on Dialogos Radio. Greece's supposedly leftist government of so-called hope and change did it again. It saved Greece once more. Greece can continue living the European nightmare, excuse me, dream, can remain part of the vaunted European family in the Eurozone, and the government once again successfully completed tough negotiations with its so-called European partners with a capital P, as Greece's submissive journalistic class tends to refer to them. Let's take a look at this new success story of Greece's government of hope and change. It is a success story so big that Greece's already insane value-added tax of 23% will be bumped up to 24% on June 1st. It is a success story so great that the unified property tax with cities at one time called unconstitutional and illegal, and which at one time was said to be temporary, will now be raised and made permanent. It is a success story so tremendous that Greece's already paltry pension and social security payments will be slashed further, despite government lies and propaganda to the contrary. Home foreclosures and auctions will resume without anything but the flimsiest of temporary protections for the poorest homeowners. These foreclosures and auctions will take place electronically instead of in a courthouse, under cover of darkness and without warning. In the meantime, new privatizations are coming alongside the development of a new super fund of sorts, which will manage essentially all of Greece's publicly owned assets and prepare them to be sold off at bargain basement prices. And unlike most of the people of Greece, the foreign investors who will be snatching up these assets know very well how valuable a land Greece is. Of course, all of these privatizations, foreclosures, auctions, as well as the bundling and selling of both prime and subprime loans, or have you heard that before, will be permitted without any transfer tax or any other taxes being levied. Because when we talk about tax evasion, we're supposed to only talk about the bad, lazy, spendthrift Greeks, but never the good, civilized foreign saviors in suits. And of course, this was agreed to following those aforementioned tough negotiations between the Greek government of hope and change and the lenders. This result had also been predicted months in advance by economist, analyst, and member of Greece's United Popular Front, Dimitris Karousos, but was of course ignored by the international media and of course by the trashy, biased English language editions of Greece's media outlets. So what if people's homes are foreclosed and thousands of households are thrown out onto the streets? So what if heating oil and gas, already insanely taxed, are taxed some more along with basic goods and staples through direct and indirect taxation? Who cares if the self-employed and small and mid-sized businesses will be absolutely absolutely slaughtered as a result of these new measures that were voted into law and the avalanche of taxes that they will face. Who cares if there is now zero chance of the minimum wage to be restored to the still low pre-crisis levels, which at one time the city's a government of supposed hope and change had promised. And of course, all of this does not even take into account the automatic cuts that will be implemented if Greece does not meet the strict fiscal targets imposed by its so-called saviors. Who cares about all of this? We are talking about a success story here. Of course, it's a success story for the lenders, but not for Greece or for the Greek people. But the European dream is what everyone wanted, right? So here it is. Enjoy it.
And since we are talking about what is surely such a huge, unprecedented success, that must explain why the otherwise revolutionary and radical and non-gullible and oh-so-clever Greek people did not take to the streets. After all, Greece remained in Europe, remained in the Euro. People still have cheese from Holland for their sandwiches, if they can afford the 24% tax, that is. So everything is A-OK, right? That must explain why Greece's notaries called off their strike protesting the new insurance and pension bill as soon as that very bill was passed, allowing home foreclosures and auctions to resume. That must also explain why Greece's lawyers, with their own protracted strike, have inconvenienced ordinary Greek people whose cases have in some cases been postponed for years. Instead of using their legal knowledge to mobilize the population and protest austerity both old and new. Ah, but I forgot. We had the usual round of stale, old, 3 and 4 and 24 hour so-called work stoppages, all of which of course left enough time for Greece's labor leaders, with quotations absolutely necessary, to hit up their favorite tavernas and cafes to wine and dine. Work stoppages which have been going on for decades and decades and which not once have made the slightest bit of impact other than inconveniencing people's lives, which might very well be their real objective instead of any actual change. For instance, we had the workers on the Athens metro declare a work stoppage beginning at 9 p.m. on the night the new measures were to be voted into law. This was enough to discourage many people from coming out to the protest, not knowing if they'd have a way to return home. With a low turnout of protesters assured, the work stoppage was then lifted at the last minute, just in time for the usual mass exodus from Sindagma Square, once the usual dog and pony show between the paid agent provocateurs and riot police, which Syriza was at one time going to abolish, was underway. We of course also had the journalists strike as well, which of course just coincidentally happened to fall in the days of final debate before the new measures were to be voted upon by parliament. Of course, the truth here is that even if there was no strike, there would still have been no actual journalism taking place from these so-called journalists and from the media outlets they work for. But just try explaining that to grandma and grandpa in the village and to Greece's suburban neoliberal class who still actually think they are being informed by the newscasts that they watch. All of this is okay though, because there is hope. There's light at the end of the tunnel. We have the savior, Yanis Varoufakis, with his stylish pink t-shirts and his so-called guerrilla interviews. That is, when he isn't making spontaneous, quotations again necessary, appearances at the protests taking place in France or signing autographs in Spain. The same heroic Varoufakis who said that the Greek debt would be repaid in perpetuity, who pillaged the Greek public sector's cash reserves to pay that debt back to the IMF, who imposed capital controls, and who agreed to more austerity and who voted for Greece's corrupt pro-austerity president Prokopis Pavlopoulos. The same heroic Varoufakis is now touting the catastrophic idea of a parallel or dual currency system for Greece as a solution, while millions of minions lap up his every word. He is joined by the heroic Zoe Kostandopoulou, who also knew how to vote yes to everything when she was a part of the Syriza government last year, and who continued publicly supporting the government even after after it sold out the referendum result of July 5th. 
she too is touting the catastrophic parallel or dual currency solution for Greece, as are fascists such as the far-right Yorgos Karadzaferis and Sir, quotations necessary once more, Basil Marquezinis, son of a junta prime minister, both of whom have been resurrected from the political graveyard recently. So since Greece has been saved, has remained in Europe in the vaunted Eurozone, and since there are even more saviors in the pipeline who will continue to save Greece well into the future, why bother protesting? The couch is nice and comfortable, is it not? And it's easier to let the television do the thinking for you lest you hurt your head. The same television which includes public broadcaster ERT, which is now paying private, oligarch-owned network provider DGA to transmit its signal digitally, a company owned by the same oligarchs that the oh-so-leftist Syriza government claims it is going to take down, the same government which will supposedly take down these oligarchs by auctioning off a limited number of television licenses to the highest bidder and the deepest pockets, while Greece's smaller, independent, local television stations are dying off, unable to afford to pay DGA exorbitant amounts to carry their signal. This is the same government which, unconstitutionally and in violation of European law, has shut down Greece's National Radio Television Committee, leaving the broadcasting landscape entirely unregulated. This is the government which claims it is restoring order to the airwaves, and there are still people who slurp up this propaganda. Of course, television in Greece knows all about telling people horror stories from countries like Venezuela, while telling people that the so-called leftist Alexis Tsipras wants to turn Greece just like Venezuela. What they won't say, of course, is that Venezuela is the victim of both international economic warfare through the sharp decline in oil prices, as well as a victim of its own domestic oligarchs and cartels, who are hoarding goods to create severe market shortages in order to undermine the country's government. What the media in Greece are also not saying is that many of these horror stories also exist in Greece today as well, in a country that is supposedly being bailed out and saved day after day by its so-called European friends and partners. What these media outlets in Greece know how to say is that Portugal, Ireland and Cyprus are supposed success stories for concluding their own memorandum agreements. What is not said is that the end of the memorandum agreements has not meant the end of harsh austerity, the end of record numbers of home foreclosures and evictions, or the end of mass migration out of these countries. And while all of this is happening, I hear many in Greece moaning and groaning about why can't we be more like the French, who we are told are out on the streets in massive numbers to protest their own anti-labor bills. However, few people, if anything, to ask, how were these supposedly spontaneous demonstrations actually organized, with blogs and websites and hashtags in public assemblies? We saw the savior of not just Greece, but apparently the whole world, Yanis Varoufakis, speak to the protesters in France. Who invited him? Who assured his security? Who paid for his travel and lodging? How did this speech get organized in the first place, logistically and otherwise? And how did these supposedly spontaneous demonstrations, spontaneously as we are supposed to believe, spread to 55 cities in Greece and dozens more in Europe, all on the same day and at the same time? Are we supposed to believe that after such a long period of inactivity and hibernation, that everyone suddenly decided that they had enough? And in the meantime, what people in Greece are blissfully unaware of is that while they are whining about their own inactivity, the rest of the world mistakenly believes that it is the Greeks who are the ones fighting back while they are the ones staying inactive. Doesn't anybody have even the slightest curiosity as to how these perceptions are developed and maintained, and by who?
The answer is that no, most people do not question such things. Instead, in Greece at least, they run off to again vote for the criminals and professional liars like those in Syriza, while others, through their abstention from the polls, essentially legitimize the victors in this electoral process instead of giving their votes to the dozens of smaller parties and movements which are struggling to exist. Those same people might participate in yet another lame three or four hour work stoppage, or might take a walk down to the center of Athens to protest by standing around and drinking beer before running home to catch Greece's talking heads on TV again. That's Greece, and that's the majority of the Greek populace today.